The Buccaneers made an expected couple of roster moves and we lay out some bold predictions for 2022. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko flying solo once again. David Harrison still not feeling great. So make sure you're sending him your well wishes. Hopefully we can get him back on the show for Monday. But in the meantime, you can check out his written work over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine over at SBNationsBucksNation.com. And of course, follow all the action on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Again, we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. Plenty of bold predictions coming your way in this episode. We, I, I, went, I went pretty hard. I'll be pleasantly surprised if like three of these turn out to be true, but hey, we're here to have some fun ahead of the 2022 season. We're going to get to that in just a moment, but the Buccaneers have made some roster moves that we all kind of expected. Evan Klosky and I talked about it on Wednesday's episode, but it's official. The Buccaneers have placed center Ryan Jensen on injured reserve, and they have brought back safety Logan Ryan. So there's there's the outside possibility, right? They, they've said, you know, we don't know the extent of the injury yet. We've heard that there might be uh, too much swelling still to get a proper diagnosis. I'm, I'm not too sure about that, but there's the outside possibility Ryan Jensen is back before the end of the season. And by before the end of the season, I saw Greg Allman say it on Twitter. That could very well mean back in the playoffs. He may miss the entire regular season, but is able to return for the playoff push, which of course would immediately upgrade the offensive line. As David and I talked about a few weeks ago when we were at training camp with those joint practices with the Dolphins, Ryan Jensen was out there. He was out there riding around in his cart. He was in a, a leg brace. He was putting weight on the leg. He was walking around a little bit, um, but you know it was still stabilized. There was no bending or, or anything to that effect. So there's the outside possibility he returns, and that's exactly why they kept him on the 53-man roster. They cut Logan Ryan, and then they were able to officially place him on injured reserve, bring Logan Ryan back uh, as, as we all expected him to. For those of you who didn't see it or aren't on Twitter, Logan Ryan posted a photo uh, on Twitter Wednesday night of him uh, holding a puppy. He was with Tom Brady, who was holding a puppy, and a bunch of kids were all holding puppies. And he said, you know, I'm here for the long haul. Uh, he was doing work with an animal shelter and uh, doing some promotion there. So no fears, no worries at all. Logan Ryan is going to come in, and he is going to help uh, this defense. 
Rick in the chat, I know, I know you're concerned about the interior of that O-line. I have my concerns about it too, for sure. I, I'm not concerned about Robert Hainsey. I will, I will continue to express that, that I really love what I've seen from Robert Hainsey early on. It's the left guard position that I am concerned about. It's, it's, Luke Gedeke, Nick Leverett, whoever it is over at the left guard position, that's where I'm a little bit concerned. But Logan Ryan, back, you know, circling back around to him, he's going to be, uh, for those new to the show, for those that haven't heard David or I talk about him, uh, he's going to be that Swiss Army knife. He's kind of that utility guy, right? He's a guy that can line up at the nickel corner. He can line up at outside corner. He can come in and blitz from the edge. He can blitz from the safety position. He can fall back deep into coverage. He can kind of do it all. So the versatility that Logan Ryan is going to be able to provide on any given down is really kind of an ace in the back pocket of Todd Bowles, right? Because you see Logan Ryan come onto the field and maybe – it's a situation where they have three safeties out there. Maybe they have Antoine Winfield Jr. and Mike Edwards or Keanu Neal plus Logan Ryan out on the field at one time. You don't know what Logan Ryan is out there to do. You don't know if he's coming in on a blitz. You don't know if he's the guy dropping back and it's Antoine Winfield Jr. who's coming in to get you. You don't know if he's going to man up on your slot corner because he could do so many things really, really well. So that allows the Buccaneers a ton of versatility in the secondary to be able to bring things from all different kinds of looks and, and really will benefit them, especially in this early stretch against offenses like the Dallas Cowboys, the New Orleans Saints, the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, being able to apply that pressure or also make you think they're about to apply pressure and all of a sudden Logan Ryan's dropping back when you, as the quarterback, thought that he was going to be coming after you. You get the ball out of your hand quickly, but Logan Ryan is the guy that's sitting there in a soft coverage underneath, can intercept the ball, break up the pass, whatever the case may be. So I wasn't concerned. I don't know too many people that were concerned when Logan Ryan was cut just because we knew this move was coming. Now, if you go back to my 53-man roster prediction episode, I believed it was going to be one of the offensive linemen, kind of a one-for-one -one swap, where it was going to be a guy like a Fred Johnson or uh, a Brandon Walton or whoever it was that was going to be cut, brought back after Ryan Jensen was placed on the practice squad. Turns out that wasn't in their plan because they had the flexibility of Logan Ryan not having any of that guaranteed money in his contract. They were able to let him go with the understanding that he was going to come right back. And sure enough, that is exactly what we did. So, uh, Rick, I see you. Logan isn't a superstar, but he's pro a productive, established veteran. Absolutely. Logan Ryan doesn't do anything great. He does a lot of things really well, and that's the kind of versatility that I'm excited about in this defense. But we're going to talk more about the defense. We're going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about all those bold predictions coming up in just a moment. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all pro and college football betting needs. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. 
BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. Let's get weird, folks. Let's let's really go out there and let's have ourselves a little bit of fun. Let's make some bold predictions for the upcoming season. Since starting next week, we're going to be talking about an actual game that actually matters, that will actually be happening in Dallas. That's right. Football season is here. So let's kick things off on the offensive side of the ball and as, as I'm going through these, you guys drop your bold predictions in the chat. I'll try to post as many of them as I can. But we're going to start with a couple of big ones, including the bold prediction that my son Beckett uh, offered up on our drive home from hockey practice tonight. But let's start off with number 12, the guy under center, the one and only Tom Brady. My bold prediction for this season is that Tom Brady will have 40 Five matching his age, touchdown passes. The most touchdown passes Tom Brady has ever had in a season in his career was 50. And that, of course, was the 2007 undefeated Patriots season where Randy Moss had, I think it was 23 touchdown receptions on the season. In his two seasons with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, those are the only two times outside of that 2007 season where Tom Brady has had 40 or more touchdown passes in a season. He had 40 in 2020. He had 43 in 2021. I'm predicting he ups that by two and ends up with 45 touchdown passes on the season. Talk about an absolutely phenomenal season. Something, I mean, he's already given... Buccaneers fans, NFL fans, two seasons unlike any others we have seen for somebody his age to go out and throw 83 touchdown passes in his age, 43 and 44 seasons combined, win a Super Bowl. It's It's been absolutely astounding. So I expect more greatness from the greatest of all time. Mike, I, I like that bold prediction. Three 1,000-yard receivers. I predicted that a few years ago. I'm not going that bold today. I, if I have time, I do have a bonus one that I'm going to throw in as far as the, the receivers are concerned. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to kick it over. Since we're talking receivers, I'm going to kick it over to my son Beckett's bold prediction. He says Mike Evans will finish with 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns. Now, in his career, Mike Evans has gone over the 1,500-yard mark just one time, and that was back in 2018. 15 touchdowns would mark a career high for Mike Evans for the third consecutive season. He set a career high back in 2020 with 13 touchdown catches. He set another career high last year with 14 touchdown receptions. Now, if my son's bold prediction comes true, he would have his ever first ever 15 and 15 season with the 1500 yards and the 15 touchdowns. I like that bold prediction. 
we, you know, we know we're going to get a thousand out of him because that's just what Mike does. And even saying that Mike Evans gets a thousand yards is still bold just because nobody's ever done it before the amount of consecutive times that Mike Evans has done it. So every time he does it again, it's never been done before and it's only been done by him staying with the wide receiver group. I'm going with Julio Jones, 600 yards and six touchdowns. Now Julio Jones has not had six or more touchdown receptions since 2019. He's coming off of a season. Granted, there were injuries involved, but there's been injuries involved with Julio the past couple of years. Coming off of a season with 434 receiving yards. He had 771 receiving yards in 2020 as the number one receiver in Atlanta, but he only played nine games. So think about that. 434 yards last year with the Tennessee Titans as the number two guy. 771 two years ago with Atlanta as the number one guy. I'm predicting 600 yards, six touchdowns for a guy who is the number three wide receiver at best on this football team. Now, if Chris Godwin misses some time, obviously that bumps Julio up. But for the long term, over the course of the entire season, Mike is one, Chris is two. Gage and Julio are going to kind of bounce back and forth as who's the number three, who's the number four receiver for that particular game. 600 yards and six touchdowns out of Julio Jones in 2022, I think would be a phenomenal season. I see, I see Rick in the, uh, in the chat there. He says, Julio 808. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, if he can land that, I mean, oof, sky's the limit for this offense. And, uh, Mike, I see your Leonard Fournette prediction, 1300 rushing 700 receiving, I didn't go quite that bold, but I am going to talk about Leonard Fournette right now. I have Lenny down for 1,400 all-purpose yards and double-digit touchdowns. There's only been one season in Leonard Fournette's career where he had 1,400 or more all-purpose yards, and that was in 2019 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had over 1,100 yards rushing. He had over 500 yards receiving. He's had double-digit touchdowns twice in his career, once in his rookie season and once last year with the Buccaneers. He has never had 1,400 or more all-purpose yards and double-digit touchdowns in the same year. So that would be a massive year for Leonard Fournette. It would be a, a first in his career. Um Let's see, and, and we got we got Rick in the chat. Depending on O-line, and if Brady stays healthy, I see 5,400 yards and 48 touchdowns, and somehow he still wouldn't win the MVP over Aaron Rodgers. I I I, I don't get it. I don't know. CeeLo, we got his uh, Russell Gage bowl prediction, 900 yards, eight touchdowns. I like that one a lot, too. And real quick, I'll go ahead and I'll throw out my bonus uh, offensive bold prediction of the year, and that's going to be about Chris Godwin. Even with missed time at the beginning of the season, whether it's one week, whether it's three weeks, I'll cap it out at four. That means Chris Godwin will still play 13 regular season games. 
he's getting over 1,100 receiving yards this year. There it is. Even with missed time, Chris Godwin is going over 1,000, going over 1,100. Coming back on the other side, we are going to get into some defensive bold predictions. And I have one that I think you guys in the chat are really going to roast me for. But you know what? That's what bold predictions are all about. So defensive bold predictions coming up in just a moment. Wrapping things up here with some defensive bold predictions for the 2022 season here on the Locked On Bucks podcast. We're going to keep getting to some of your bold predictions there in the chat, but let's flip sides of the football. And I see two, two in here about Vita Vea. We got one saying breaking the Mike saying breaking the double digit sack total. And we got uh, CeeLo Ram saying that uh, he thinks Vita gets seven sacks. Now, I don't have a Vita Vea bold prediction, but I have a real far out there bold prediction on who is going to lead the Buccaneers in sacks this season. And I am going with Joe Tryon Shoyinka. Look, offenses are going to game plan around not allowing Vita Vea to get pressure up the middle. We know he still will, but they're going to game plan around that. And no longer does Shaquille Barrett have that proven force on the opposite side of the field like he did with Jason Pierre-Paul. Instead, he has a guy who's becoming a starter in the NFL for the first time in his career outside of the injuries that plagued the Buccaneers last season where Tryon Shoyinka did get a few starts, but he had four sacks last year. I'm looking for a huge leap, a huge bump out of Joe Tryon Shoyinka because he will have the opportunity. There's going to be a lot of one-on-one opportunities for Tryon Shoyinka as a pass rusher, and he's going to win those quite often. Looking for Joe Tryon Shoyinka to lead the Buccaneers in sacks this season. Next one I got is Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean will be the team leader in interceptions. I know Carlton Davis got the big payday, but he's the number one corner. Opposing quarterbacks, yeah, they're they're going to go for their number one target, who's more often than not going to be covered by the number one corner. But they're also going to try to attack what they feel are mismatches, and that's going to be slot receiver going up against probably Sean Murphy bunting, and then their other guy who's lined up against Jamel Dean. A lot of quarterbacks are going to test Jamel Dean, and it's not going to end well for them. He has five interceptions in his career. This is a three-year career. He's hit the two-interception mark twice, and then he had one interception two years ago. I look to him to lead the entire team in interceptions this season. Rick, hey, appreciate the love. He sees Dean with five to six interceptions this season. And Enrique... Absolutely. JPP will always be that dude. Next up, Levante David. We got to talk about him. He should be an all pro. He should be a perennial pro bowler. He should be in the NFL top 100, all of that. I got to double up on my bowl predictions for Levante David. Number one, he will be an all pro selection at the end of the 2022 season. And he's going to match his career high with five forced fumbles on the year. 
We all know that Levante David has he's like a magnet to whoever has the football, and he is one of the elite talents in the NFL when it comes to getting that ball back for the Buccaneers offense, whether it's popping up in coverage and intercepting the ball, forcing a fumble, being Johnny on the spot to recover a fumble. Levante David has a nose for the football. He has a, a magnetic gravitational pull to whoever is carrying the football, and it's going to lead to some takeaways for the Buccaneers defense. Finally, I'm going to round out my defensive bold predictions with Devin White. Devin White had a down year last year. If For some of you who've been around with us for a long time, you may remember that one of my bold predictions for last year was that Devin White was going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I had very high expectations, very high hopes for what Devin White was going to be able to do for this defense. Didn't quite pan out. He needs to have a bounce back year. He's coming up on a contract negotiation. And David has brought up on this show a couple of times that Devin White said at the scouting combine before he was a draft pick for the Buccaneers that he wanted to become the first ever $100 million linebacker. It's a tall task. Is he better than Shaquille Leonard, Darius Leonard, whatever you want to – Darius Leonard says he wants to be called Shaquille Leonard. I'll respect that. But that's going to be a, a tough contract to top if Devin White doesn't put all the facets of his game together this season. It seems like when two areas of his game are clicking, one is suffering, and he hasn't quite put it all together outside of the divisional game against the New Orleans Rams to or the New Orleans Saints two years ago. So for Devin White, I am predicting five takeaways. It could be a combination of any of them, but he will get five takeaways this season. His career high is four with one interception and three forced fumbles. I'm giving him five. He is going to have a stellar season this is the year I truly, in my heart of hearts, believe that Devin White puts it all together and we see him take his game up to another level. We got Rick in the chat saying Barber and Allstott both need to be in the Hall of Fame. I'll agree with you on Rondé Barber. I don't think, as much as I love Mike Allstott, I don't think he's a pro football Hall of Famer. He... He was kind of the the end of an era when it came to the fullback position, and and he was almost kind of the transition to a, a hybrid that we see more so now in the NFL. Like twenty years ago, Derrick Henry's probably a fullback because of his build, his size, even though he had the speed. But those were things that. Uh, that Mike Allstott had. He was elusive. He was nimble. He was quick. I wouldn't say he was fast, but he was quick, had great cuts, had great agility, great strength. But I don't think it's enough for him to be a pro football Hall of Famer. Rondé Barber, absolutely. He did think he revolutionized a position in the National Football League and put up statistics that we have never seen since. And it's probably going to be a long time before we ever see them again. The, uh, the good Austin, shout out, appreciate you, brother. He says, show James and David some love. Hit that like button. Allstott, 
has Hall of Fame highlight film. Well, sure, absolutely. He had highlight or uh, Hall of Fame caliber plays. He was big time and big moments. He was one of the few guys in the NFL, especially in that era, late 90s into the early 2000s, you know, along the lines of a Jerome Bettis, right? Where it could be fourth and two. It could be third and goal from the one yard line. And every single person, the defense, the coaches, everybody in attendance knows exactly who's getting the ball and they still couldn't stop him. It was incredible, absolutely incredible, but that doesn't make for a Hall of Fame career. I think Allstott's case for being in the Hall of Fame would have been much better if he didn't have so much of a of a workload share between the years with Warwick Dunn, the years with Michael Pittman, the years with Cadillac Williams, if he had been given the opportunity to be the running back one a little bit more often and had been able to build up some of those statistics, I think you would have a stronger case for him being in the Hall of Fame. But as the old saying goes, it's the it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good. Um, and unfortunately, just in my own opinion, as much as he's a legendary Buccaneer, and and one of the guys that I absolutely loved watching as I grew up, Mike Allstott is very good. He's not he's not one of the greatest of all time. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, I see Rick saying if Moose Johnson is in the Hall of Fame, Allstott needs to be in there next to him. Might be a fair point, but Moose Johnson also has three Super Bowl rings to go along with it. And it just, I don't know. I don't know. I get it. I do. I would love to see Allstott enshrined in Canton, but it's getting harder and harder for, you know, guys like that to be able to get in. I mean, it's hard enough for safeties to get in. We saw how long it took John Lynch, and he certainly had the numbers. Um, fullback is not a position that is deemed Hall of Fame worthy on most accounts much like there's not a lot of safeties in in the Hall of Fame. We know there's you know only a handful of kickers and punters combined and it's the greatest of the greatest of the great that get in. Uh we'll see Justin Tucker in there one day, we'll see Adam Vinatieri in there one day. But unfortunately, it's not fullback was not a valued enough position to be able to warrant a spot for him in the Hall of Fame. Maybe he gets in as a legend years down the line. But his his window to get in uh, has already already passed. So with that, I appreciate all of you that jumped in to the live chat uh, that were giving your bold predictions. Just you know, don't don't attack me when some of these predictions are wrong. That's all I ask. Um, it's it's fun to throw these out there, but um, you know, I think. Truly, before we start to get into the official regular season and game previews and everything, I think we're in for a special season from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have a tough start to the schedule, but a lot of their toughest games are at home. And let's be honest, they have one of the best rosters in the NFL, and the path to the Super Bowl 
is a whole lot smoother in the NFC than it is over in the AFC. Thank you again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 and eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Check out David's work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine over at BucksNation.com. And of course, make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding and safe holiday weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire those cannons. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.